streaming. Yeah. Okay, so we're streaming. Hopefully, give it a second. We'll see what happens. Okay, so this is a test. Not really a test, but this is our first time going live. So uh, I'm hoping it goes well. Hoping it goes well. So if I open YouTube yep. right now, then it, there'll be feedback. Yep, it appears. We're ready to go, Nick. Go for yeah. it. All right, welcome everybody to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies since we were young. And we aim to bring you honest conversations about film. Um, I'm Nick Moffat. I'm here with Sean Bowlby. Hello. Brandon Bowlby. How's it going? And Derek Deal. Hey. So, guys, that was the new intro. That uh, I, I just wrote that today. So, nice. uh, hopefully, it was all right with you. And yeah, uh, for the listening audience out there, this is our first episode of our new phase, phase four of the monthly movie dispatch. We are uh, obviously we're here. We're live. We're on YouTube. We're doing it live, and uh, we're going to be doing this every week. We're going to have a new review out every week. The episodes will be shorter, and we'll be live on YouTube every Tuesday around eight o'clock. And then the next day, uh, we'll be on our podcast feed doing shorter episodes, specific reviews, and a little bit of movie news. So um, I'm just going to jump right into our, our movie review, not review, but the movie uh, relevant topic. And you know, that's the Golden Globes. You know, the Golden Globes happened last weekend, happened on Sunday. And the thing about the Golden Globes is that you know they're kind of like the younger stepbrother of uh, the Academy Awards. You know, the... Uh, people don't really take them seriously, but people watch it because it's fun to see the celebrities getting drunk and hanging out with each other. And uh, I mean, they, this year was, you know, we're still in COVID era and they weren't hanging out with each other. But I mean, come on. It was fun seeing Kelly Coco, you know, in her night in her big old gown uh, eating pizza on her floor. Right. I mean, all of that was fun. So um, real quick, you know, guys, what were your big takeaways? Uh, just looking at the list of winners and losers. Or winners and nominees, I should say. I feel like when it gets nominees, uh, yeah, sure, losers, nominees, whatever. Uh, um, what What are your big takeaways, Brandon? I know you got thoughts thoughts I'm, on this. I'm actually pretty impressed with Nomadland winning for both best drama and best director too. That's what I, I was bring up. Yeah, like such a small director, like up and coming, and she did such a crazy good job with this film it's cool to like see her get the recognition on such a big scale like this mm -hmm. i don't know that was pretty unexpected for me definitely yeah yeah and that is um that's chloe, chloe Zhao. Zhao. Yeah. oh yeah sorry and, chloe joe yeah and you uh, think yeah, she's I mean, gonna be a front runner for academy awards maybe too i think nomadland is is was up there even before the golden globes as front runner yeah. and yeah i think it's gonna stay that way for sure she would be, I believe, only the second female to ever win if she does, right? Who's really? the first? Catherine Bigelow? Or... Yeah. Catherine Bigelow she's was the first. She's the first and only, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was for uh, The Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty? Mm -hmm. The Hurt Locker. Yeah, Hurt Locker. Hurt Locker, okay. Yeah, no, I was pretty happy with that too, and I definitely think that secures her a nomination at least with the uh, Academy Awards, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll definitely be rooting for her to, to win. Um, and yeah. did you guys see, uh, speaking of Judas and the Black Messiah on today's episode review, uh, Danielle Kalua? I yeah. think yeah. that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Kalua. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty uh, cool. Best supporting role. 
there are a few weird things that that I noticed. Um, for example, there's a new Jodie Foster Jodie Foster one for Best Actress, I think. Yeah. For a movie yeah. called um, The Marturi. I can't Marit- even say this word. I'm sorry. Marit- Maritanian. Maritanian. And Mar-tanian. that movie is like. It's completely a 2021 movie. Like everywhere I've seen, it's like it's not out yet. It's completely 2021. So these nominations are kind of weird, but yeah, there's. Yeah, I, mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of movies in there in this list all over the place where the Golden Globe, like they didn't know what to do. It's like almost like they don't really know like what movies are out in the zeitgeist because no one was really able to tell them this year because it was <laughs> such a weird year with COVID. Because there's like nominations across the board that just like make no sense. If music. you're actually in touch with the movie scene, yeah. like music is a big one. Yeah. Um, but there's things throughout that? this whole thing, like, like what you just said there. Um, the prom. This movie called The Prom, The Father. Hamilton um, is an odd one. The Life Ahead. Uh, there's just movies throughout here that, like, no one knows about, no one saw, don't have very good reviews or middling reviews at best. Um, yeah, it's just a weird nomination list. I yeah, think it's and even like, even like Rosamund Pike, um, she won for I Care a Lot, and that came out like two weeks ago on Netflix. So um, there's right. there's more crossover between years this year, and like you know, uh, we talked about on the last episode. Our last episode is our top ten episode, where we usually have our uh, top ten around the time of the Academy Awards, but we we did it months ahead of the academy awards because they've been pushed back but it seems like these nominations are kind of like in line with our other way of thinking where man i know this is the golden globes not the academy awards but there's a bunch of nominees and winners for movies that are everywhere i've seen officially 2021 movies Mm -hmm. yeah i actually watched uh judas and the black messiah i think it was a 21 2021 movie and i didn't even think about it for our, our uh top 10 list oh Must i'm have so been in some considered I'm, somewhere before the new it, year or something uh, i'm absolutely Letterboxd considering calls it a 2021 movie yeah i'm absolutely Letterboxd says it wasn't released till 2020. yeah although yeah. Letterboxd is kind of kind of weird uh, no it's not always 100 yeah accurate, Letterboxd is usually behind on the release dates not in front of the release dates yeah, yeah. There's usually like Judas the Black at... Messiah is like 2018 film guys <laughs> get it right no i'm yeah <laughs> it was filmed there's a A24 movie that I've been like looking forward to called Saint Maud that is coming out sometime this year. Like it's definitely not out anywhere, um, and it's it's like on Letterboxd says 2018. So <laughs> <laughs> they finished production. It's they they go by when they finish production. It was playing yeah. at some like indie cinema in like some back country in Croatia. From it's the a Letterbox like yeah the first <laughs> cut as a premiere. It's the fir- from when they finished the first cut. Of the film, the rough cut of. The are you film. like reading this officially, or me? Uh, are you just? No, they don't do <laughs> it. The official no. word. This is a okay. Sean's official <laughs> word. I called him up the other okay. day and oh. I told him that this is how they need to do it. Word. Okay. Um, you guys like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and Borat picking up the wins? How about that? Eh. Not really. No. I mean, I there mean, wasn't sorry. anything else that I yeah, was excited for, gets... but. The competition. I mean, Palm Springs would have been cool. To... Oh yeah, Palm Springs. But but I wouldn't have. You guys know how much yeah. I love Palm oh, Springs. Oh yeah, I love Palm Springs. Yeah, Palm but... Springs is good. I mean, I heard Hamilton was really good too. 
like it translated really well into the yeah it, it was really TV good. format but yeah but like i don't know how to is it a movie yeah is we it we shouldn't have that discussion but i mean here, if it's nominated it should if it's nominated there it should be considered yeah. A movie. yeah and in that case it's unquestionably better than borat i also will say i think the general consensus tend to like borat more than we did yeah, yeah all of us I were hear... pretty hard on borat that's true yeah people liked it i hear nothing and but also, praise I mean, about it and also like it's a great performance even if you don't aren't a fan of the movie i mean it's yeah he thanked I, absolutely his, he thanked his bodyguard in his in his winning speech mm. which is like yeah you gotta thank that guy yeah that guy saved your life uh-huh i mean sure. that's that's kind of a similar thing with um hillbilly eulogy and glenn close's nomination like mm-hmm. It can still be considered like a good performance in a very, very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would okay, definitely so... put Sasha Baron in. That that's a good that's a good pick from that list at least. So yeah, uh, the Golden Globes happened though, and I mean, I think the Oscar nominations are coming out sometime in the next couple weeks, so we can go over those when when those come out. But um, yeah, I mean, Golden Globes are what they are. You know, they're okay. That's something that happened that was an award show um i don't really want to spend too much time dissecting it you usually say like every year you're like it's it's just like a party it's just like a hollywood party and for sure whatever happens happens yeah well let me ask you guys did any of did any of us watch the golden club (laughs) absolutely not i didn't even know it was happening until like film news started popping i wouldn't have minded uh i think they're the last tina fey and uh why am I blanking out? Amy uh, yeah, Amy Palmer. Palmer. I, I think that was one of the funniest uh, hosting jobs I've seen. In I don't know when that came when they did the Golden Globes yeah. last, but that was I still Final. watch clips from that. It's so funny. So I I actually yeah, would have liked to have watched. I just didn't think about it, and then it passed me by. Yeah, I mean, same, same with me. I mean, I, I saw the I saw the winners and losers, and I I watched a few of the acceptance speeches, but yeah, the I just totally spaced on Sunday night. So talking about something I didn't actually experience. So mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we, we should That's what move we do on. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so let's just jump into our movie review. So the movie that we're talking about today is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. So that is the new movie by director Shaka King. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, and Jesse Plemons. Uh, plot description has a little bit of a spoiler in it, but it's based on real life, so I think that that's okay. Um, the story of Fred Hampton, deputy chairman of the National Black Panther Party, who was assassinated in 1969 by a Cook County tactical unit on the orders of the FBI and Chicago Police Department. And this movie is currently available on HBO Max and in theaters. Mm-hmm. And I saw it in uh, Dolby Atmos. Oh, wow. Theater. Oh, you actually went to the what? theater for this, Sean? Yep. <laughs> I didn't Dolby know that. Atmos wow. I saw this in Dolby Atmos. Wow. It was Jealous. pretty awesome. So it it's definitely getting uh, at least a half star more higher extra. rating. Extra rating. With, your, with your chair vibrating yeah. with the big frequency. Yeah. I probably would have given this a five-star movie if I saw it at the Dolby Cinema. Like, just just hearing that you saw it at the Dolby Cinema makes me want to cry. <laughs> yeah, it was it was awesome. 
it was it's so cool fun. like a movie like this would never be in dolby cinema mm-hmm. but yeah that's what yeah and Definitely. soon it won't ever be again mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel like the dolby kind of um i feel like they they pick weird movies sometimes like mm-hmm. uh, especially in february when there aren't too many like All actual like for a short for a short period of time yeah they they're yeah. rarely there yeah. for very long yeah there was one other guy left one other guy in the theater watching it with wow. me and he was like wow five five floors back five so stories you... up from me <laughs> so did you feel safe yeah um i mean like so you wore your mask full time yeah. and uh yep uh didn't there was a hardly anyone in the movie theater so i basically just went up to the machine and i got my ticket and i handed it to a person and then that's that's it and i walked into the theater there was one person and then i just yeah walked right out Sounds like you'd so, be like less safe picking up coffee at a coffee shop yeah you're in some massive auditorium mm-hmm. man it will say that just reminded me because they played like return of the king or something at the the yeah. mc lows and on like a Saturday night, I just glanced at it and it was sold out. Yeah. Actually, some they of like those filled the whole thing. Yeah. There's been a few um, movies that have been sold out. I think there's still yeah. 25% capacity max. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Some of those like rerun movies are, are selling out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I still don't think I'd be comfortable going to a movie where it'd be sold out. Just oh, yeah, people definitely. munching on popcorn and stuff. I just don't mm-hmm. trust anyone with their masks and stuff. But um, if, if I knew that there was like one other person in the theater seeing the way back, oh man, I hella would have seen that in mm-hmm. theaters. <laughs> I actually like finished this movie. And I was like, man, that would have been cool to see in theaters. Yeah. I actually renewed my AMC uh, A-list membership yeah I keep, i'm waiting soon for me too yeah okay well let's uh, kick it off anyways <laughs> good for you sean good for you sean so really uh i i just i i we're reviewing this movie because it was getting great buzz you know it was uh the earlier views were great and a lot of strong buzz for this movie and you know uh last month was black history month it seems like this is the perfect movie to watch for black history month um my initial thoughts were that I thought this was a very powerful film um, and that challenges the historical understanding of the Black Panthers and the organization's relationship with the United States government. I think, you know, I left being like Black Panthers are the most misunderstood, like maybe concept in American history. Just um, you're taught in school that they're, they were basically a terrorist organization and you know, in some ways, technically they were um, because they were going against the government and weren't afraid of violence. But um, this movie was mostly about how they were trying to set up soup kitchens and take care of their communities and mm-hmm. look out for each other. And they were being prosecuted by um, by the FBI. Uh, the FBI leader was uh, not the leader, but the guy in charge of the case was played by Jesse Plemons. And he's so good. He's like a yeah he's 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 either hilarious or just like like the most weirdo creep Uh you can imagine and he definitely uh, his performance in this definitely reminded me of breaking bad i don't know if you guys remember him in breaking bad but he's like this kind of young kid who like is very uh stoic i guess but like super nice but in a creepy way and he like plays it yeah he's He's, yeah. He has really this awesome, good. innocent character in yeah. Fargo. 
season two. Mm. That's amazing. And yeah, um, he's I'm really thinking of ending things. Yeah, this yeah. guy is. What was that comedy he did? Uh, Game yeah, Night. You're thinking of ending things. <laughs> or I'm all around things, like Jesse Plemons. He's he great. Picks the perfect roles. Yeah, he knows what his talents are, and he really like hits them. Um, the other thing, the other aspect of this movie is uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays. Um, Oh, I don't have his character name in front of me, but he is, uh, he gets picked up by Jesse Plemons early in the movie for stealing a car. And, Bill, uh, something. Bill O'Neill. So, he plays Bill O'Neill. Bill O'Neill. Yeah. Bill O'Neill. And he has to, uh, J- Jesse Plemons' character convinces him to go undercover um, as part of the Black Panthers, uh, basically working for the FBI so he doesn't have to go to jail. And uh, I feel like Lakeith Stanfield plays this role really, really well because you never know if he is like how into it he is. You know, you know that he's working with Jesse Plemons and he's on the side of the FBI. But as the movie goes along, he's further and further invested in uh, the Black Panther movement. And it seems like he's getting really, um, you know, sold or invested in uh, like Fred Hampton's um, speeches and that movement. But uh you never really know for sure. And Lakeith Stanfield plays it that, that perfect balance where he's like stressed out about his life and his, you know, the FBI coming after him, but also, you know, that he's, he's undercover. So um, that was a pretty interesting mm-hmm. part of the movie. Um, anyway, what, what did you guys think? Uh, what yeah. were your initial thoughts? Yeah. It's kind of like, um, um, uh, Oh, Jesus. Um, who, what's the Keanu Reeves and oh, oh no point break point break it's kind of like a point break where um, you know the FBI agent comes in and and uh, it's supposed to be undercover but then starts getting um, kind of brought into the, the organization I thought that was a, a, a fun comparison but yeah it's <laughs> um, yeah I, I love that dynamic of uh him he's supposed to be kind of spying on him and and providing information but then he starts kind of really falling for or or really um seeing the value of what they're doing and and um yeah starts becoming uh, emotionally invested in in the organization and and uh I, I love that dynamic of the film and especially daniel kaluuya's performance is um yeah top notch um <clears throat> as the leader yeah, Fred yeah. Hampton. Yeah, yeah, he was really magnetic in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, I, I, I really liked. Widows. I liked mm-hmm. his like gentle side to him when he like first started getting like with the love interest connection. Like he just switches into like I don't know puppy mode in those <laughs> scenes, and it's like such a stark contrast. And at one point, she even acknowledges that she's like, "You're shy." Um, yeah, but mm-hmm. I thought that was just a really cool choice, and he just gave him so much depth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, there was also another part where he uh, he went to he got he actually went to prison for stealing ice cream or something stupid mm-hmm. like that. Seventy dollars worth of ice cream. Or that, that, wow. Yeah, that was a thing that happened in real life. And then later on, he was they they got him out of prison and they were trying to like they were spending all this money on his lawyers and the, the case. And he made a comment like he was so annoyed like this is supposed to be going toward the community and mm-hmm. we're spending all of our time and resources on just like my, my legal trouble, mm-hmm. you know, and you could just like feel his like frustration with, with the whole experience. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, Derek, what do you think? What were your thoughts about this movie? Um, I like, you know, I kind of echo everything you guys said. I really liked it. Um, yeah, it's really crazy how, uh, like twisted of a perspective I feel like we have on like this whole era and like the black Panthers and just everything. Like you just know so little about him. So it was a really fascinating movie to kind of dive into that and such a good like story to tell to break into because it's like man it kind of runs the gamut you know from showing um you know the good they're doing to a really struggling community and um you know the 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 real positive like change that they're actually affecting and then and it's just showing you how like how threatened people were by like the power that they started developing and then yeah they're their willingness to you know if the cops are going to come shoot at us like we're going to shoot them back like kind of thing you know it was like um, yeah you kind of get both perspectives like kind of wrapped up in this perspective i guess like you kind of i don't know by the, the way they because this movie doesn't hold back from there's a, like a decent amount of action you know in this movie there's gunfights and shootouts and blood and um yeah. blood and yeah so it's like I don't know, like in those scenes, you can kind of see like the perspective that we were taught in school, like shining through, like trying to be like, see, these guys are terrorists kind of thing. But it's like, but by telling it from their perspective, it just, it was yeah. just a really unique way to tell the story. And I think it um, made it really, really fascinating and educational. And Yeah. I, 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 go ahead, I'm Brian. blanking on the name. Um, of this Denzel Washington movie that kind of took place in the 70s about like corrupt police officers in New York City and like taking down everything. American Gangster. American Gangster. American Gangster? Is that it? Yeah. Russell I remember Russell. I remember when I saw <laughs> that movie, Crow? that was what it was. It, it blew my mind that I was just like, wow, like not that long ago when my parents were adults, you could just hand the cops a wad of cash and get away with it mm -hmm. in this country. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, that that being a true story and I, I like really felt kind of the same realization again like experiencing this movie um it it was really powerful and mm -hmm. i was i was also just like surprised i don't know i didn't hear too much about this movie coming up it was just like all of a sudden out on hbo and i didn't you know have us hear too much conversation about it, but this movie like shocked me at how good it was i yeah. really liked this movie guys mm -hmm. And there was just like a lot of really smart, like filmmaking stuff going on throughout this whole film that really elevated it a lot. Um, There's like li beautiful lighting and interesting like dynamics there. And like, there was the shot when the raid was happening towards the climax and it hangs on her face mm -hmm. as shots are going off on the bed behind her that she just got yeah. up from. And like the choices of where the camera is in this movie that, per um, that performance in that moment was uh, the performance is such an incredible across the board take on that and scene. um also i really they did a lot of like kind of this technique i don't feel like i see too much anymore maybe it was more popular in the 90s of like letting like voiceovers or like music play out um after the scene into like the next scene and like providing these really interesting transitions and they did that like four or five times and i thought it was like really effective and um, just really good editing with the way they would like carry over some of like the sounds or dialogue into the next scene and have it apply to both instances. 
Oh yeah, just a lot of really good mm. filmmaking, and it was intense and a big learning experience. I mean, uh, you know, the it's pretty crazy. Uh, so we, last episode, our top ten of the year, we talked a lot about like fully realized visions, and I feel like this is another one of those movies where like the director Shaka King, this is his first like full feature. I mean, he's directed a bunch of TV and some shorts and stuff, but this is really? his first true feature mm. and um damn and it's like like clearly again like he had a vision he knew exactly what story he was telling and he he just directed the crap out of it and i mean i thought this movie I, i'm with you brandon like i was like i was pretty like i was enthralled i was bracing myself with this movie and um yeah i i was i was very much into this i thought it was just fantastic it was interesting to see, like Sean, you mentioned, like the point break tropes of this kind of like FBI informant mm-hmm. um, where like things start going wrong on both sides and he's getting more and more morally over his head. And even like the FBI guy that's supposed to be guiding him starts breaking down into seedier and seedier like mm-hmm. asks of him to do. Like you've seen this so many movies before. It's really like mind blowing that how much this is actually like connected to a true story and actual events and this documentary um, that you can go watch and actually learn about all this stuff. And like these film tropes are just like rooted in actual instances. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. I was actually like thinking about that where like, we've all seen like the departed, you know, and we've all seen these movies that are undercover cops and stuff. And I felt like this movie did like rely on the tropes. Like it, it mm-hmm. leaned on the tropes, but the fact that this was a true story and you know most of it was you know i'm I'm sure some of it was embellished a little bit because you have to you have to consider that when you're watching any sort of biopic combined shortened Mm -hmm. yeah yeah or consolidated dramatized but but still uh i feel like i felt like it felt pretty genuine though like it felt like this is it probably happened just like this and um that kind of like wipes away the tropes mm-hmm. you know that wipes away like any sort of like leniency on oh we've seen this before in other movies like yeah but this is <laughs> stuff yeah. actually happened in real life like mm-hmm. that guy got picked up for selling cars for stealing cars and then started working undercover for the fbi like that really happened yeah yeah it's pretty amazing there's so, definitely like oh go ahead nick no, it's okay. What were you going to say? Oh, I was just to continue just talking about some of the plot in the movie. Um, like, when we were just talking about, like, tropes and, like, different things, I was, like, and I, I'm sure this was all intentional because everything in this movie felt really well planned out and stuff. But there's definitely, like, points where uh, some of, like, the, the seediness that the other agents were doing, once you find out there's, like, other moles and stuff in the group, like I, I kind of thought that's where the story was going was that Jesse Plemons was going to start like having a turn of a turn of heart, you know, mm-hmm. and like, but yeah, like you guys said, he kind of just like doubles down and just gets seedier and seedier and like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Do you guys want? Yeah. Do you guys want to talk spoilers at all? I was like, just uh, saying. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what I was getting there. Yeah. That's what I was going to say before. I was going to. Uh... So. Um... I feel like we need to get a spoiler like tag or like uh-huh. noise or like a wow, gong wow, or something. Wow, wow. 
yeah but uh we'll we'll get that we'll get a noise <laughs> eventually we'll get a theme song for spoilers or something um brandon's gonna write a spoiler song on his guitar on his drums um but uh so What's spoilers up? from this point forward spoilers spoilers uh brandon what were you gonna say uh i mean like what derek's saying is um i i really liked how our lead character didn't go we didn't see him go one way or the other and it's not like they had a choice like i guess in real life he didn't go one way or the other mm-hmm. you know he he was just was stuck in the middle and it tore him to pieces and that's kind of where the movie leaves off with our lead character you know he doesn't ever like i was thinking the whole time he's gonna f- go to black clan or the black panthers and become a double informant and reverse it back on the fbi and you'd see all those other mm-hmm. typical things happen but it never played out Double in agent. those like more complicated departed type set like situations that you think. And it just ends with him being more and more heart wrenched about everything he's being asked to do mm-hmm. on both sides. And yeah, and yeah, it was the a great ending for me. And the way that they first, they, the way that they opened the movie um, and then the way that they closed the movie with uh, first the uh, actor. Um, yeah. The fake interview. Yeah, the, Stanfield the at the beginning um, live or, or in that interview, what, 1990 or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end, it cuts to the actual Bill, uh, Bill O'Neill, uh, the actual interview that he did. And that, th- the way he described how he felt about what he did was uh, pretty incredible. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, it, it just it really nails home the um, the themes of the movie of of betrayal and um, fighting for a cause while you know, or or not not be not being able to deal with that middle ground that he he um, played in for the movie. Um, that was yeah. I mean, it had 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 me thinking for for that's a, an a long interesting time after the movie. It's an interesting perspective for him to have, too, because it's like, undoubtedly, what he did was bad. Like, he definitely led to a lot of people dying, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, but like, his perspective of, like, at least I was part of, like, the struggle, and I was, like, doing something instead of just sitting mm-hmm. and criticizing and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I it's mean... an interesting perspective to have, because mm-hmm. it's like, well... I mean, you say that, but there's like dead bodies everywhere too. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, I kind I kind of want to push back just a little bit in against Brandon, just because. Uh, I mean, I love the ending too, but I felt like. I mean, just w- uh, after he, uh, after those interviews that you guys are talking about, they had the text that he, uh, they had that real life documentary that came out right after those interviews happened, and then he saw that like the, he saw the documentary and he saw it all laid out and saw like what he did. And then he killed himself the next mm-hmm. day. And like, like, I, I feel like, you know, he saw that he was in the wrong, but then also like the movie, I think takes that position too, very much. So where the, the, at the end of the movie, Jesse Plemons is like, Hey, uh, we're, we'll offer you more, you know, we'll start paying you. You know, mm-hmm. I can't remember oh, what the offer was, like- but. Of course, yeah, he knows he's wrong. That's why he's torn up. But he doesn't do anything about it in the movie that we see. 
and there's not like some big like triumphant redemption you know at the last yeah. minute oh, i was sure. expecting him to tell sure. everybody at that house to get the fuck out of there yeah and right he doesn't. okay I or not, I or like, not drum the map. Yeah, or I was thinking either that, or he wasn't going to give the correct map or quarter. Like I don't mm -hmm. know. Totally. Was, okay. Yeah. I hear what you're saying now. Like he he didn't make a stand in the movie. There mm -hmm. weren't any plot points that like that was like that was part of the plot. It was, but I do think the end of the movie was like mm -hmm. he made, he made poor choices. Like he he was on the wrong side. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, even the name of the movie is pretty clear on that. Yeah. That's yeah. true. That's true. Damn. Uh, I didn't even, yeah, super clear on that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Who was the Judas in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wow. One of the first times we see that? Daniel Kaluuya, they call him the Black Messiah, too. Mm -hmm. Wait, uh, Daniel Kaluuya calls? Where... No, I think it's like one of the cops or something. Or yeah, the they're FBI's. They're like watching like a speech or something. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Did, we were talking about... Jesse Plemons's like career, but like Lakeith here, um, Stanfield, like the movies yeah. he's been choosing these last four right. years, just yeah, like great. blowing. They're both. They're both in Get Out. Mm -hmm. Yep, they both were in yep. Get Out. Oh yeah, both of them together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then uh, he was also in Twelve uh, uh, Monkeys. Oh my god. <laughs> Twelve Years a Slave. Yes. No, no, gosh, darn it. <laughs> Sorry to bother you. Yeah. And, um... that, there's no 12 in that title. <laughs> oh, Short Term 12. Short oh, Term 12, oh. yeah. That was the first movie I saw. He was also in... Uh, in oh, wow. Um, he was, okay, he was the other guy. Knives Out. That, yeah. And uh, he was in Uncut Gems. Knives Out. He's really good in that, too. Yeah. He's... He's... Oh, yeah, he was in Knives Out. Mm. Forget about this that. This guy. My <laughs> God. Daniel Kruwa. Yeah. Great. Great careers, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Daniel Kaluuya. They're both like really young, like they're gonna be. Mm -hmm. There was there was a moment at the very beginning of this movie where you know it's like him uh, in front of Jesse Plemons, like after the crime or whatever. Jesse Plemons is talking to him with the FBI badge. He has this huge gash on his eye, and he can like barely speak. There's like this gurgle in his throat of mm -hmm. like phlegm, and I was just like blown, like. I was just trying to think, like, how do you just start a scene thinking your character can't speak because there's phlegm in his throat and he can barely get a word out? Like, yeah. but it was just like so defeated and so perfect for the moment. Mm -hmm. um, it was brilliant. Yeah, I love that scene and the and the the way that he questions uh, uh, Bill O'Neill. Um, the yeah, questions like, that he, he asks. Yeah, the questions that he asks, and uh, yeah, the way both of them um, play that scene is pretty brilliant, for sure. And it it doesn't tell you what it's leading to. It like at the scene ends, and mm -hmm. then we go off to this whole like Black Pan, yeah, uh, Black Panther cast of characters that we follow for a bit, and then all of a sudden like. I mean, maybe 10 minutes later, we see him in the class. Yeah. And the camera like pans to him in an like, interesting way. Mm -hmm. And he like comes back into the movie. Yeah. And that was just like really creative. And I was like, oh, like it just connected in such a like good way, mm -hmm. these two storylines. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, so what did, what do you guys think of like the climax? You know, the, the big raid. That um, scene was where... brilliant. Um, 
yeah, how quickly it escalated and how fast it, um, it, you know, just how quickly the devastation just ran through that, that apartment or that, that, um, building. And then the, yeah, the, the way that they end it with the shot on his, uh, on his wife, um, girlfriend. Yeah. Girlfriend. Um, let me see if, can I find her name? Can anyone find your name? Dominique um, uh, Fishbeck. Yeah. Um, yep. Uh, yeah. The way that they end it, uh, just a close up of her face with, you know, the bedroom in the background, um, out of focus. And just the look on her face, she knew what was coming. Um, just the completely broken. Um, and yeah. It, it, and I also wanted to point out the her poem or from earlier in the movie those were two just mm. brilliant mm-hmm. uh moment, pieces of acting um that whole scene like you're talking about the one that's kind of criticizing him right y- yeah like when the she's second poem y- he's like yes the one where it's just them in the bedroom and and she's yeah. just yeah that scene was um incredible it's a it's yeah it's kind of long and it kind of lingered uh, in a perfect way. What do you um, think of the climax, Nick? I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was extremely brutal and shocking. And Cops it's like, are straight you know, up gangsters. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I mean, yeah. Not even in uniform, just, yeah. Yeah. you know, you you see, you see like brutal stuff in movies all the time. Like, you know, obviously you see uh, war movies, action movies, you see like horror movies, and then you see like real life stuff happen in movies that are just like, you know, wow, that's, that's pretty nuts. But like to see these groups of pe- this group of people in their safe house, you know, they're, they get raided and then just the cops just mow everyone down. Like, mm-hmm. and then their leader like dies in his bed, you know, like, mm-hmm. like he, he doesn't even, he doesn't even make it out of bed. Like there's, there's no fighting back yeah. here. Oh my God. You know? And he, he's just, laying there unconscious when she's trying oh my god I'm like yeah getting goosebumps right now and it's like and the scene and before like, with the it was almost a um last supper type scene right um with all of them together in the safe house sorry yeah. i interrupted you <laughs> no 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 yeah. no you weren't interrupting me i was i was done but yeah. like it just it's just like it's just shocking. Yeah. You know, that's all I have really to say about it is that it's like, like it's, it's just, it's just shocking to see that happen. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it, it reminded me honestly of like Nazi Germany. And I know that's like, not, it's like you roll your yeah. eyes at comparisons to like, Oh, it's just like Nazis or whatever. But yeah. like, literally it was like that thing where, you know, you watch Schindler's list or a mm-hmm. Holocaust movie and it's like people lined up and Nazis just like shooting people. And like, mm-hmm. that was basically what was happening. Like they were, they were surrendering and they were still just being shot in the hallway. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't like, interested in, they weren't really interested in keeping anyone alive there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. They yeah. like went in just planning to destroy everyone. Yeah. They knew they already had the lie that would work. Yep. And they yeah. could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. And no it's, matter just, what. it's just like, it was just so brutal. Mm-hmm. It was just so brutal. And like, you know, it, it's like the whole thing was, you know, Daniel Kluwa's Fred Hampton's whole message was like, you can kill people, but you can't kill a movement. But like, 
you know, you can't help but feel like they kind of killed the movement, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. historically like black Panthers again are like completely misunderstood and, um, you know, black lives matter is still very much a thing. You know, there were, I mean, people died in their beds last year from cops raiding the wrong house, mm-hmm. you know, like this kind of stuff still happens and it's, it's just like, it's just shocking and heartbreaking and, and sad. And like, Again, I thought this movie was incredible, and yeah. I'm glad it was made. I'm glad we saw it, and mm-hmm. it's free cool. on HBO. Yep. Yeah. Or uh, in Dolby Atmos. I, I don't theaters. think it's in. Yeah, or in theaters. <laughs> I don't think it's in Dolby Atmos anymore. Tom and Jerry kicked <laughs> it out. Jerry, you can go see Tom and Jerry <laughs> yeah. on Dolby Atmos. Yep. Oh, Tom and Jerry is also on uh, HBO Max too. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, anyway. Um, Oh, any yeah. uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Do you guys have anything a, else you want to add? What a cr- like crazy good film to open Kick the year with, yeah. yeah, or to end We're the year with, to depending look back on... on almost a year later and uh, judge it on our top yeah. ten. That's <laughs> uh, no, totally. gonna be hard. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was the Invisible Man for me last year, where uh, <laughs> you know saw it early in the year and is like I revisited it like eleven months later and it was like, yep, top ten. Mm. So yeah. Yeah, so we're all considering it 2021 for our list next year. 100%. Yeah. 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 If Flarebox if is calling it 2021, it's 2021. Yeah. yeah. They know. So They know. Okay, so um, with that, I think that wraps up our review for, um, for uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, I just uh, want to say that going forward, we're going to be doing weekly weekly episodes. This is kind of a special occasion where we're all four going to be here, so... Going forward, a typical episode will just have two of us uh, doing the review. Uh, so next week, we're going to be reviewing uh, Raya and the Last Dragon, the new mm-hmm. Disney movie. And I'm pretty sure Brandon and Sean are going yep. to be yep. doing that movie. So mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be that movie's on Disney Plus, or it'll be a premium rental on Disney Plus. So uh, keep your keep your eyes open for that. That'll be airing next Tuesday. And uh, it's also in theaters too. Oh yes, it'll be in theaters and then uh, a premium rental on Disney Plus. So I think that means you have to pay extra. I think it's thirty million. bucks. Holy! This holy. one's thirty bucks. Yeah. Isn't that what Mulan was? <laughs> wasn't, yes. wasn't Mulan yes, thirty dollars? Mulan also had the same had the same premium rental mm. thing. So um, anyway, uh, so that's Raya and the that'll be Raya and the Last Dragon for next week. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Hey guys, it was great seeing you and to our listeners, uh, thanks for listening and, and or watching and mm-hmm. we did uh, it. keep watching yeah. the movies and we'll see you next yep. week.